Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a growing network of people who believe the center of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, and that learning to take love seriously is vital for how we practice discipleship, mission, and leadership. The Gravity Leadership Podcast explores, in practical ways, how to root our lives and our leadership in this love that holds all of us and everything together. Hey everyone, welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. My name is my Mibsh. You need some coffee. Oh, and do you need man, at this point in the lessons? pandemic, at this point in the pandemic, uh, I read an article a while back that sh- that says because of all the like the 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 hormones and stuff going through our bodies, like our bodies have been on high alert for a year. Oh, I see. And it just does not let up. All of us are experiencing mild cognitive decline. Oh. I was like, this makes sense. I feel dumber. Your I name is Ben. Let me just help you out. Okay, thank you. <laughs> My name is Ben Sternke. Ben, I don't. I'm know one of your co-hosts today. I don't know. Why Those you other think two this. voices. Uh, I was but, on a roll, Matt. Oh, oh sorry, you. you. You didn't I was have on to a smart roll. Rank it up there. All of my thoughts, all of my <laughs> thoughts were in in a row, and they were coming out in a in a way that I think was intelligible. All right. So, well, uh, I know you had just, a running start, and I ruined it. Yep. So here we go again. Hi, I'm Ben <laughs> Sternke. I'm uh, one of your co-hosts for today on the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Those two other voices that you just heard were Christy Penley. Christy, hi. How are you? Hey, hey. And Matt Tebby. Matt, it's good the to see Human you. Torch could good not to- secure a bank loan. I'm just getting my. My mouth yep. ready. Just like, talk. yeah, the random sentences. <laughs> the human torch. Well, how did you come up with that sentence? Well, that's from Anchorman, Is that a you guys. Standard? That's, that's, the, oh. uh, that's Ron Burgundy's what he says. <laughs> <laughs> wow. A human torch could not secure a bank loan. <laughs> I can see him saying that. That's good. Well, good. Uh, well, Glad to be here with, with y'all. Matt, well, we, have, we have reader email. We have, we have listener email. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of mild cognitive dis- decline, no, let's I'm just open kidding. up the mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> no, we get we get messages all the time from uh, listeners, and I, we just don't read it. And I thought I'm going to ask this person if no, I can read we it. read it. We don't read it online. <laughs> oh yes, Christy, <laughs> we don't read you. it out, out. Just loud. to clarify, any of you sent us a message, we care. <laughs> We just delete them. Okay, oh, the this mi- is from a listener? Delete. <laughs> the mild cognitive oh decline goodness. is teetering on to listener. M- we love you. Medium, we love you, medium listener. Medium to moderate. Yes, uh, listeners. No, we don't read it out loud, but uh, we're trying to become we're a We're going more to pro- today. <laughs> I was thinking, you know what? I should ask Heather if I can read this, and that will help us become a more professional podcast. <laughs> and then the last two and a half minutes oh. of the <laughs> yeah. clown show. We just, Here we go. At least, you better read this to get us back to zero. <laughs> All our best efforts to become uh, a real a real boy. A real podcast. Yes. Uh, th- th- so Heather is a friend of ours, and she listens to the podcast. Um, we've actually tackled her husband. We tackled one of his questions once. We tackled her husband. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So if, image. if you'd like us to tackle your husband, send us if a he's message. he's just running around randomly and needs to be just brought to his senses. The human okay. torch could not tackle Heather's husband. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, he sent us a question that we tackled, we tackled his question on the, uh, <laughs> Patreon podcast, uh, the practitioner podcast, the other one. Right. Uh, but this one, she sends me this message. Um, she says, I'm reading a book called, quote, Hunt, Gather, Parent. Oh, what ancient cultures can teach us about the lost art of raising happy, helpful little humans, which 
Uh, end quote. Which, by the way, I'm loving. It's challenging my Western perspectives on parenting in so many ways, and it's witty and so true when it comes to the ways parenting is hard. Anyway, the author recounts spending eight weeks with her toddler, living in three different places around the world, one of which was with a Maya family. As she described the culture of parenting there, she described it as not a child-centered culture, but one in which the adults invite their children into doing life with them, learning about life as they cook, work, and be with their parents. And the point is to teach the children cooperation and helpfulness, not obedience. Hmm. The children are given a ton of autonomy and aren't typically forced to help with anything. And they often grow up being motivated to help on their own without being asked as they grow. And Heather says this, I've heard a lot about autonomy on Gravity Leadership podcast discussions, that God doesn't force us to love or follow him, but gives us a choice and offers Mm. invitations. And I realize that autonomy in God always baffles me a little bit. I forget that this is true. So the similarity of the way this culture seems to parent and how God parents and loves us struck me, that God Mm. invites us to participate in his kingdom life, but doesn't force us that he always allows us to work alongside him, no matter what what our maturity level. I'm hoping, as I try to live this way more with my kids, that I'll understand more of what God is like. Wow. Mm. And I, yeah. I, I thought, I thought um, first of all, Heather, brilliant observation. Mm-hmm. Um, the book, again, is called Hunt, Gather, Parent, When Ancient Cultures Can Teach Us About the Lost Art of Raising Happy, Helpful Little Humans. Um, but I'm curious, like, what struck you, Christy? Um from Heather's little observation there. I was struck by when she talked about the kids not just growing or learning immediate obedience, but they're really growing and learning in character, which is really mm. what we want, right? right. As, mm. as a parent, I want to be a parent who, who invites my kids in and mm. they grow and it's not just, hey, do this and do that. Although, if I'm honest, sometimes like I'm like, get in the car. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, sometimes. really, get my heart, yep. <laughs> my heart is yeah. for character. And that's kind of what I hear she's learning. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm struck by that as well. That there's, I think oftentimes, like, get your shoes on, get in the car, like, is this proxy goal. Like, what we want is for our kids to be wanting to participate in the life of the family, which means I'll get my shoes on and get in the car now. Um, but we oftentimes settle for obedience as a proxy goal. Like mm-hmm. all I'm interested in is for you to do the thing that I just said to do rather than kind of losing. I think we lose, it's easy to lose sight of that, that larger goal. So that's just from the parenting standpoint. And I, I think Heather's yeah. uh, observation is really, uh, is really profound. Um, and mm-hmm. it names, I think some of the ways that I, even in my like ministry in leading others, some of the ways that I have to lean into that aspect of God's character in order to lead well without yes. coercion or without sort of demanding obedience from the people that I'm leading, you know, and right. instead of saying like, actually your freedom is maintained and there's this invitation to cooperate with God yeah. uh, together as a community. Yeah. So. And you just touched on the thing that struck me, Ben, is that, um, the, the also, also Heather was emphasizing sort of the relational aspect yes. of, of what, like there's a joining together yeah. with mm-hmm. the parent in something that's not focused on the child. Mm. So, mm-hmm. so this is the common life we share. You participate in this common life with me. And as you do, like um, we're joined together because we're not focused necessarily on each other. 
So yeah. there's so much in this that I feel like I lacks in the modern nuclear family. Like, I, I don't really know. Our kids have chores, and sometimes they help us cook dinner or clear the table. They, they do that every day. But in terms of like a common mission we have as a family, yeah, like we're just we're basically just running the family business to make sure the kids get in school and get to bed and get clean. And it's like very much this is what the kids doing. And how do I help the kid do the thing the kid's doing? And, mm. I, and I'm just struck, like, I, I long for more uh, joining with my children, uh, doing things that aren't focused on them. Which, mm. by the way, as a pastor, as a priest, I'm also looking in my church. I'm looking for ways to join with the people in my church and invite them into something that isn't focused on them, mm. you know, mm. but is focused on God's mission. Um Heather, thank you for that. If you if you come across books or uh, podcasts um, or, or anything that you just want to share on email, um, we won't read your email without getting your permission. I promise. <laughs> um, but it really is helpful for us, and I think it op- it allows the community to hear from other people that, and they know, hey, there's more than just me listening, and and there's a lot yeah, of us yeah. benefiting from what you're learning. Uh, today on the podcast, we have part two of our conversation with Gino Kirkaruto. When we first talked to him about his uh, experience at Church of Boost, we didn't know there'd be a part two, mm-hmm. yeah. but uh, there needed to be. And yep. so we yeah, we did. chat with Gino about what he's learned from sharing his story. And a lot of that has to do with some of you listeners who interacted with Gino via email, on social media, yes. uh, and even some of you calling and texting him. So, yep, this is part two of our combo with Gino. Gino, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Matt. Thank Hi. you. Yeah. Hi, Christy. Hi, Ben. Hey, here too. We're here too as well. Yes, we are. We are. Uh, this Gino Kirkaruto's voice, you heard him um, several weeks back. We hosted a conversation where Gino shared some of his story. We've been talking about... Uh, well, maybe, pa- maybe you heard him if you're a constant listener to every single episode of our podcast. But I will say, I'll just interrupt you, Matt. I apologize. But I will say, Go if ahead. you haven't heard the first episode uh, with Gino... Um, go back and listen to it. This is a reflection on some things that have happened since then. So it might make more sense if you listen to it. But this episode might be very edifying, even if you haven't listened to it. Caveats, disclaimers. Anyway, <laughs> you want to? You want to go? Two. Okay. No, it's fine. I was just there's, you know, the, just there's the intro, everybody. Well, I mean, you know, that was that was yeah, okay. I just wanted to let people know you may have not heard the first episode of. Can this. we just restart this intro? Sure. Well, let's restart it. <laughs> yeah. We'll edit all of this out. I promise. Let's restart the intro because I was in the process of describing where this podcast landed. I'm a little punchy today. Yep. I apologize. I see it. I see you. <laughs> All right. Gino, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. It's good to be back. We're yeah, not going to edit any of that Welcome out, back. So. Uh, ben and Christy are with us too. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. Hi, guys. Uh, I know the Midwest... Is is guys uh, Philly? How do you respond? How do you talk about a plural group of people? In oh, Philly? we say use use. Use. But if you're, I haven't been able to do this, pull this off. But I've heard on the street there's a plural of use where you say uses. It's not possessive. It's actually plural. So I'd say I don't have uses. that. I don't it's have like that. An depth. Extra large group. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe. That's it's it's like all y'all. This is where the South has just got it. Yeah. They just yeah. say y'all, and it's yeah. totally fine. Perfect. All y'all. There is Perfect. all y'all, too. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, it's a group, it's a whole group of groups or something. Somehow that sounds perhaps. better than uses. To oh, me. it totally does. <laughs> I. Well, hopefully all y'all have uh, recognized Gino's voice. We talked to him several weeks back about uh, an experience he had in a local church. We're just sharing stories about power, focusing on race and gender and how um, power plays out in the local church. If you haven't heard the interview with Gino, this follow-up conversation we're having today will make a lot more sense if you've heard that. So uh, we'll put the link in the show notes to that conversation. But uh, Gino, we, we had your conversation. We shared it. Um, you shared it on social media, and I told you this already, and I'll just share that with our listeners. The amount of comments you got on this interview we did with you several weeks ago was the most we've ever gotten on mm. a podcast interview, mm. ever, on social media. Um, wow. And I, uh, why do you think your story elicited such a large response? Mm, that's a really good question. First, I, I need to confess my um, naivete in this because I was, I'm not sure. I mean, I think from talking to people, I believe that it resonates with a lot of people's experiences. And yeah. I personally was not prepared for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have a confession for everybody because I already, already confessed to you, Gino. I, um, we released the episode. I noticed all these comments. I noticed you having to respond to people. There was uh, one sort of uh, jerk face <laughs> that was arguing with you <laughs> yes. about your experience, and a bunch of people jumped in, including me. And then he, uh, and then it, it dawned on me as I'm sort of telling him, "Hey, don't don't tell somebody who has experienced church abuse that they haven't experienced church abuse." It dawned on me the amount of emotional and spiritual work it took for you to not only share your story, but then have to become sort of the, um, you know, people coming to you to share their stories and kind of dump their emotional weight on you. And so yeah. I just was like, hey, man, I, I'm sorry I haven't followed up with you, I haven't checked in with you to see how you're doing. And you're like, yeah, it's been rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I think, um, well, I appreciate that, Matt. And <laughs> And I know, I know that this might be the first time the listeners are hearing that, yeah. but you have, you have, that was, you did that quickly after, and I appreciate your care for me in that. Um, I think that I was, I, I mean, it, it caught me off guard in the sense that I was so prepared for the detractors. I was yeah. so prepared. I'm so prepared for, you know, Frank, who we're calling him, uh -huh. to do something mm -hmm. because it's happened every other time that I've had to talk to anyone about it. I've had some rumors or something happen. So I was I was prepared for that, and the the person on social media who pushed back I, that doesn't really bother me. I don't know. Maybe it should, but it doesn't really bother me. Mm -hmm. um, I was not prepared for how many people would feel that this was something that now they can share, and they mm -hmm. wanted to share with me. And I and I, what I'm I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm, I'm happy to listen. I want yeah. to listen to more. I want more people to share, but I wasn't prepared for what that um, weight would do to me. And I didn't like make room in my schedule to care for myself in that process. And I kept listening to these stories where people were sharing for maybe some of them for the first time. Mm. And I felt like I have this responsibility to steward this and I'm not really sure I know how. Mm. And I need to learn in the next 48 hours because this is amping up. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, what is it about... Sh- what was it about... Um, why do you think people shared that with you? I mean, some people were don't even know you, right? Yeah. Many people are right. strangers. What, what was it about... Why, why do you think they felt free to talk to you about it? Mm. I, th- I think that there's, there's something about... I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like any way I answer that question is going to sound slightly arrogant. But, I mean, you asked the question, so I'll, did, I'll yeah, answer yeah, with what I'm thinking. I think there was something in what I shared that provided hope for people. That they didn't have to wait until they had it figured out to start sharing. But mm. that maybe in the sharing was part of their healing. And I'd, I'd like to think that that's what people heard from my story, that I don't have it all together. I don't have it figured out. It's been a process. We're, we're going on almost 10 years, and I'm still learning. But, but I'm, not, I'm not being held, by, held captive by a narrative that I keep quiet. I'm trying to process it and, and name it. And I think that that is what, why people said, I just want to talk to you. I just want to share this with you. Like they wanted to get it out too. And I think that's powerful. Yeah. 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 It strikes me, Gino, that you're, um, even your anticipated, like your body was anticipating the detractors and the blowback. And you know what I mean? Like you were ready yes. for that. Yeah. Which is, I think, part of, part of the abuse, right? So part yeah. of the reason that people don't want to talk about this is that's what they're prepared to receive. Mm-hmm. And perhaps in hearing you dare, you know, very sort of courageously to kind of like talk in, you know, about this story in the way, in the honest ways, you know, that you did, it wasn't, and it wasn't, you know, I think it, I can say more about that later, but like the way that you talked about it, I think was very helpful as well, where you were honest, um, Hmm. about your experiences, you were honest about your feelings, but there wasn't like a vendetta, you know, you weren't trying to make anybody pay, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of a thing. So we could talk more about that later, but I think, um, yeah, it just strikes me that hearing somebody share and take the risk of like, ooh, here come the detractors, <laughs> actually created this safe space for people to go, oh, maybe maybe that guy's a safe person that, that I could actually share my story with, and he won't mm-hmm. argue with me about why it's, you probably overreacting, it's probably, oh, that can't have happened, or I know that person, they're really nice, they would have never done that. Mm. You know, or all the things that we're used to hearing, I think. If anybody who's had any brush with abusive environments knows that that's just part of the game plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm just reflecting on that, I guess. that. Yeah. Yeah, I also... Oh, sorry, leaning into that. Uh, that's what... You leaning into that creates a safe space for others to feel like, oh, maybe I can share my story. Yeah, I think that... And also some of the reflection and, and things that I heard were was people... Were some people that heard the story and identified not as me in the story, but as other people in the story, as like the people that mm-hmm. remained silent while all of this yeah. went down. And that they had the wherewithal to kind of seek me out and say, I want to share with you what's happened as a result of that, that mm-hmm. I've, ma- I've confessed and I've, I've sought forgiveness of those people years later because I saw myself in that part of the story. And so, so when I say like the emotional weight like that, I didn't think that was what that conversation was going to be about when I, when I talked to that person. I thought it was going to be something else. And that just that moved me. Um, so I think the last couple of weeks, I've spent a lot of time weeping um, over the brokenness and mm-hmm. in joy over just getting these, this stuff out there and reckoning with it 
is is helping people not just in a like i'm venting kind of way though i think there's benefit of that but just in that i'm not owned by my silence anymore and maybe i can work with that Hmm. yeah Hmm. yeah i i'm struck too by something you said you know as you put this story out your own story out you were braced you were bracing for the people who every time you try to tell the story people argue with you about it people try to re-script it for you or tell you how your perception is wrong or come to the defense of Frank or right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, it strikes me that like most people who've experienced abuse are, have so much fatigue about not being believed Yeah, yeah. that they're, they're desperate for somebody who, whose first instinct won't be to gaslight them. Yeah. And so this is the freedom you give by telling your story is you signal to people, you communicate to people, I'm not going to disbelieve you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think people are desperate for that. I think you're right. Like, I think I, 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 I feel that. I feel mm-hmm. that as you say it, that the, the mm. thing that I longed to hear was someone to say like, hey, that wasn't right. But the best that I would often get, not every time, but most of the time when people heard this is, well, you know, it's a broken world. And you're like, that's not satisfying right now. No. That is not satisfying. It's, it's true. <laughs> it's not satisfying. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, and what, it would, what it would stir up in me is this feeling of like, hey, I don't have a trail of bodies mm-hmm. like this guy does. Like there's not brokenness like that. I mean, there's not that I'm aware of in the same sense. And so then you're, well, well, now I'm getting prideful. Now I'm thinking I'm better than them. It's like, all I want is to be seen and heard and said like, hey, that wasn't right. And not, you're no better. That's that's not helpful. It's not helpful. Yeah. Yeah, there's a flight to the general and to the universal that's often... Like, you know, like a, it's like a fight or flight response, isn't it? Yes. When people hear about these things, it'd be interesting, I guess, to think about what kind of trauma might be embedded in our bodies, you know, that makes us immediately, even people, like you're saying, like, these aren't necessarily people with any skin in the game in this particular church. They're just random people who are listening to this story, Mm -hmm. but something comes online in them as soon as you tell this story that makes them not want to hear any more specifics about how you were hurt. And they just want to fly to the universal, well, we're all sinners, or yes, mm-hmm. broken world, or yeah, you know, you know, forgiveness or something. You know, like we, we, right. like we just fly, so quickly try right. to like come up with something to say to just like make Gino stop saying the things that are making me really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's part of our, you know, probably part of our work is maybe just to notice what comes online in my body as I listen to Gino tell this story. Um, mm. You know, yeah. uh, or as I listen to anybody tell a story of being hurt um, yeah. in any capacity. This podcast is brought to you by Gravity Leadership Academy, our 10 month online training intensive for Christian leaders who want to root their life and leadership in God's love and bring lasting transformation to their culture. In Gravity Leadership Academy, you'll learn the real-life practicalities of how to notice God's presence and activity in and around you, so you can participate more fully in God's life and mission, and open up space for those around you to do so too. We've worked really hard to make this training in missional leadership practical and doable. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com academy.
This episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast is brought to you in part by Respero. Have you ever considered getting trained as a lay counselor? Respero has a way to make that happen. Respero offers the option to join a live cohort and participate in two courses led by Respero founder Joe Bishop. He has been counseling people for over 35 years. His hope is to train Respero counselors to bring healing and comfort to a broken and hurting world one conversation at a time. If you're interested, the first step is taking the Understanding People course on Respero's website. Respero also offers courses and lessons for helping people understand themselves better or recover from grief or spiritual abuse. Respero has lessons centered on how to cope with disappointment, shame, addiction, and other topics. We believe Respero has something to offer everyone. Find them on social media at Respero Restoring Hope or online at Respero, R-E-S-P-E-R-O dot org. We hope you will join with Respero on its mission to have healing conversations with people in a hurting world. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I had a conversation with uh, Joe Bishop, founder Joe Bishop, who does all this training. Yeah. Uh, and he's a delightful guy. Was it healing? Was it a healing conversation? <laughs> well, it was. Uh, it was a delightful conversation. We yeah. didn't really get into any counseling stuff, but um, but yeah, I was just I was re- as I was listening to you read that copy, mm. and I was like, you know what? Uh, that uh, anyway, I'd I'd trust that guy to lead me through uh, some mm. training on being mm. a lay counselor. Yes. So, so anyway, um, yeah, the, we um, we would encourage you guys to check it out. Um, Respero is, uh, as we've said, other times. Uh, uh, not just we don't let anybody just uh, sponsor the podcast, but we uh, we want to partner with people who are seeking to do the same kind of work that we're seeking to do. And um, I think Respero uh, is one of those organizations. So hope to check them out. Yep. You know, Ben, we I don't think as a culture we do. Uh, we're we're not modeled, nor are we taught, nor do I really experience like the the import. Like people don't tell me it's important to sit yeah. in the hurt with somebody. Mm-hmm. We want to numb it. We want to push it away. We want to like minimize it. Um, and I fix think it, they're fix it. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and I think I'm wondering if people just responded to your story because you were willing to go there and to say something and to be mm-hmm. honest and to be vulnerable. And that gave people courage mm-hmm. to then be vulnerable and to be open with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I think, and then when someone has shown empathy, like it, when you're going back and forth and you're showing empathy, it's so powerful. And, and I think healing for the people who are in the midst of, man, this happened to me, or, or I experienced this, and they need that kind of compassion and empathy, mm. and you mm. showed it to them. Mm. And so I'm, I think that there's, it's, you gave voice, you, you gave them the courage and the bravery to to speak up and to be able to share part of their story, but then you also poured out your empathy and your compassion, mm. and people needed that. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's this this dynamic, Christy, that I think, I hope that that's what's happening. I'd I'd, I'd like to think so. And there's this dynamic that I'm observing, and I, I wonder what you you all think about this. All y'all think about this. That's everyone <laughs> listening, and yeah. you who are on the podcast. Um, that the silence of uh, there's so many there's so many leaders that I'm that I'm talking to that I didn't know had these same stories. People that I've been friends with for a while, 
And their way of handling this is to just move on from it, right? Yeah. So this thing is still active in their body and in their mind. And when and yeah. when something happens, there's a narrative that they live by, like they were told they're no longer qualified or this is how they are. And that plays while they're trying to lead and mm. care for people. Mm-hmm. And it's never mentioned. It's It's controlling us, but we don't deal with it. So we yeah. live with it. Yeah. And then hearing this story, they're starting to name it. And the question I've been asking a lot of people is, does anyone around you know that there's this narrative playing in your head? And most of the time, people are saying, no, no one knows this. I'm sharing it mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah. like, there's a lot more work. I think that the reason they're starting to share is because they know that it's it's beginning to be safe to do that, that maybe there's yeah. a place that it's safe. Yeah. But the thing that, that I, I desire is to offer, like, a prophetic hope for people Mm. That it's not like you're doing things wrong, but something that's saying there's actually more good news for you as you mm. work this through. That's what I'm experiencing, like this unfolding mm. of good news. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I'm just reflecting on why it's so difficult, especially for leaders to own and name some of these things. Um, you know, they feel like they can talk to you about it, Gino, but not to the people who are closest to them, the people they're mm-hmm. leading in their church, you know, that kind of a thing. And I think part of it is like the double bind that sometimes comes in situations like this, where to talk about it is to confirm the story. Like there's a story about talking about it, which is like, you're not loyal. Well, I guess you don't have what it takes or you can't handle it or, you know, whatever it might be. And you just sort of like when you're in a situation and just, I'm reflecting on my own situations, some things that have happened to me in my life. And like (laughs) part of the reason it's hard to share is it's just embarrassing like I, I, I feel like I felt like an idiot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like how, like how could I let myself get sucked into this? You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how our, our, or how did I not see this for so long? You know? So there's like this, mm. there's this sort of uh, yeah. embarrassment that we have. That's like, ugh, like, and and the worry that that does confirm that I'm not qualified. To you know what I mean? And so I think especially for a leader. <laughs> There's a lot of risk. It feels really risky to name some of this stuff because it feels like, man, my whole life or my whole world, the way that I make my no. like living, it could all come crashing down if I even entertain the thought that maybe I should talk about this or maybe I can own this. Mm. It's really yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. Gino, as we chatted about it a little bit, I called you to apologize for not intuiting that you did care for this. Uh, you mentioned to me that through these interactions and having told your story and then listened, re-listened to yourself telling your story, there were some things that you realized you didn't say that you wanted to say or realizations that you had made in the midst of this whole experience. Um, would you share those with us? Yeah, I think, um, well, one was I, I, I thought that after we did the interview, I felt I felt like this whole shame narrative, like you shouldn't have said that, you didn't say it right. And I didn't expect that. Like I went back mm-hmm. into that and I thought, <clears throat> oh, I'm, I probably didn't say things well. And when I heard the, the interview, I thought, actually, I said a lot of things that I was hoping to say, mm-hmm. and, uh, which, is, which is good. And I got a lot of positive feedback from specifically the stuff we talked about, power dynamics and things like that. And I think that's what I wanted to make it really, really clear is that um, these things that have happened to people are wrong 
and mm. you're not wrong for having this happen to you. Mm. But but you also you also can learn how to share this story in a way that isn't isn't using power in a way to control other people yes. too. Yes. And and I wanted to make that clear. I wasn't sure if I made that clear. And I think that just having having the whole response of sharing the story, feeling afterwards like, oh, I don't know if I said anything along those lines. And I'd love to just kind of work that out a little bit more with all of you and just saying like, hey, what's your experience with this? And what are you learning about power? Because I think this is a key issue yeah. in in the church. There's there's so much that is like not good in the church, mm. but the church is still the bride of Jesus. Like I love the church mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I want to see her flourish, but I think we're not going to get anywhere if we don't understand how we're using power, unlike Jesus does. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I hear you naming there, Gino, that <clears throat> there is a, there is a possibility that as we're hurt by the illegitimate sort of use of, of worldly power in the church, we could uh, perhaps inadvertently attempt to wield that same worldly power to hurt those who hurt us. Yeah. Right? In such yeah. a way. And so, you know, um, learning the difference then between, you know, going on a vengeance vendetta, you know, <laughs> and trying to hurt people who've hurt us. Um, but also that there's a difference between that and just staying silent and saying like, well, you know, forgiveness, you know, you right. need to forgive, right. um, which is like, well, that's, that's actually, you know, actually to forgive, you have to be able to say that something was done that was wrong. Right. Know, so, so actually right. the first part of forgiveness is to be able to name, you know, evil and sin as mm -hmm. evil and sin. You have mm -hmm. to name it as mm -hmm. such, uh, before mm -hmm. forgiveness even makes any sense. Um, so anyway. I don't know. I don't know if I have any uh, reflections on it. I think you did, as I reflect on the interview, I think you did a good job of sharing it in such a way that you were telling the truth um, and attempting to sort of live in the power of the kingdom, the power of Jesus, um, kind of let the chips fall where they may rather than trying to make things happen or hurt people or drive, drive an agenda, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to say that you said it well ben it's it's not it's not that our response needs to be that we just are silent and yeah. and walk away from it accepting mm -hmm. it and yeah. we and because resistance can be vocal that's not, that's not it and that's the part yeah. that i feel like might not be clear is like how do you respond to this because i think it's it's good to speak up and to speak yeah. out yeah and and like in hindsight of my my situation i wish i did some things differently Mm -hmm. I, I particularly wish I did things differently that now that my stories come out and I've heard from more people that had the same experience with the same person that I didn't know about. And I thought I knew everything. Mm. Like, I, I don't say that arrogantly. I had to do all this research and meet with people. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, this goes deeper. Um, maybe, maybe we need to speak up so that this isn't repeated. So I'm not saying that that's an abuse of power, but I am saying like, yeah. How is this working in and through you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's like the practical outworking of your concern is when I share my story about Frank, three other people told me similar stories about Frank. And if Frank still works at a church somewhere, yes. what's our moral obligation to tell these stories about Frank so that there's so that there's less genos? Mm -hmm. And in telling that story, are we just going to be wielding uh, ungodly power? 
in some way. Yes. Just cancel yes. culture or something. You know what I mean? Like that, yes. that kind of a that kind of a thing. <clears throat> yes. Christy, what are you your know, thoughts on all this? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, it's so interesting because um, I worked in an environment that I would say was abusive in power 15 years ago. Hmm. And um, just this morning, I was in like a meeting with some coworkers that I had and, and there was a disagreement between uh, one of my friends and, and how we were going to run something. And he had one opinion and I had another and we were talking about it and it was not heated. It was totally respectful. It was, there, there was not a power dynamic. We're like, equal like even in in our how we're labeled or whatever at the church anyway but what was stirring inside of me my body was responding because i was like i'm gonna lose i'm gonna lose i'm like there was this weird thing that was happening inside of me mm. and at one point in the meeting he, he looked at me and he was like are you okay <laughs> i'm sure he could tell like something changed and i said I think I'm going to need to think about why I'm responding the way that I am with you hmm. because the story I'm telling myself in my head right now is not actually what's happening. Yeah. And then I drove home and then I got on this podcast with you. And, um, <laughs> wow. and on my way home, I was thinking to myself, there's still healing that needs to happen yeah. from 15 years ago. Yeah. And it's, it makes me angry that it shows its ugly head in in my relationship with my dear friend who I don't believe was doing anything wrong or anything abusive or anything but but because of the residue of that it's yeah. still on my heart and in my emotions and in my reactions mm, Christy that that is so helpful to me like just hearing you say it that way because I think that's that's kind of what I'm trying to name is that how do we respond to those situations so that we could have a new imagination for what's happening here? Right. And so you asking the question, which is so valuable to me, it's been so valuable to me. It's like, it's so, it seems so simple, but why do I feel this way? Is right. the question that I ask myself now mm -hmm. in situations where, where there feels like there might be conflict or I feel like I might be being analyzed or something. Why do I feel this way? What, yes. what narrative is playing here? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's part of, and maybe that's all of the healing that I'll ever get is that I now know how to ask a question and it becomes more responsive, like why I feel this way. And then I can name it to people. Yeah. Right. I feel this way. Because when I'm in this situation, this is what I think is happening. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that you, friend, are doing that, right. but that's how I feel. Yeah. And that's that's reality we're working in right now. So, right. yeah. So here's what I'm thinking. Frank gets to do some shenanigans in Philly, and then Frank mm -hmm. gets to get on an airplane and fly to Idaho, let's just say, and start yeah. a new church. And nobody in Idaho knows Frank because he's from Philly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, 300 years ago, 500 years ago, Frank's in Philly, you know, pulling yeah. a bunch of shenanigans. And uh, it's much harder to get away. Yeah. And the community's much smaller. And uh, I, here's what I'm we've talked on this podcast before about whether or not healthy shame exists. Mm. I think it does. Mm hmm. I think you having to be accountable to a community and the community holding you responsible for your actions and you feeling some embarrassment that you've mistreated people yeah. is a really good thing. Yeah. But we've, 
we've got a situation now where if something goes wrong, we can split town pretty easily, right? And mm-hmm. start over again with no shame. Like mm-hmm. there's no sense of wrongdoing or feeling like I have wronged people and I'm unreconciled to them. And I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's good. That doesn't sound like yeah. it's good. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's good to me either. I had the other, the other response that I had to sharing this story was the thought that, is there a way that I can reach out to Frank and not say, hey, it's coming, like threatening or something like oh. that, but simply like, hey, this is out there. There's more people mm. that are kind of responding to this. And I think like today is the day of salvation, you know, like you mm. can, um, yeah. and because my, my, my heart towards him is not one of wanting to see him crushed. Um, yeah. I don't know how I got there but that's not where I am. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that that's going to be contextual too every time, right? Every every situation cuz some you were talking earlier Gino about your your you didn't know how to care for yourself when you were listening yeah. to all these stories, you know, and there is such a thing as vicarious trauma and hmm. you know, it's you know, anybody who's like chaplains, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. they, they all know about this where it's just like none of this is happening to me, but yes. I it's hard not to bring this stuff home with me when, when I'm done with a day's work. Yeah. So anyway, so, um, I'm, I'm reflecting on that because some people's self care might be, I can't talk to this person. Mm -hmm. Like I can't, we just, the power dynamic is still there. I don't trust them, you know, whatever, that kind of a thing. Um, you might be able to talk to Frank and that might be a helpful thing for you. Um, but I was just reflecting, like, I think that's, that's going to be, that's, that's why Christy, I think your example is such a good one. Of, I think the basic skill that we need to learn in situations like this is paying attention to how we're feeling, mm-hmm. paying attention to the stories we're telling ourselves, you know, uh, you know, about that feeling and what's happening in our bodies, so that we don't just end up projecting this stuff onto every other relationship that I have. You know, yes. every disagreement becomes this, you know, fight to the death, and it's. But you have the wherewithal to say, "Oh, wait, this is weird. I don't. Know, why do I feel this way? Like I, I have to stop here." Um, and then Gino, you can do the same thing when it's like. Maybe I should maybe I should call Frank. Mm-hmm. Why do I want to call Frank? What am I hoping exactly. for here? You know what I mean? And you're in touch enough with, I don't really want him to like crush him. Okay, so maybe my motivations are in order here. Maybe I can love him if I you know if I speak to him. But that just takes some self knowledge, and I think it takes some. We got to do some work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some emotional work yeah. to sort through this stuff. It takes time and it takes attention, and you have to choose to pay attention to it rather than you know, ignore it. Well, and I think it's like when we pay attention to it, it opens our eyes to, to areas that God wants to heal and in change in us. Um, and, and the more we can pay attention to that, the more we can be honest and vulnerable about how we're feeling and what's going on inside of us. uh, I think the bigger, the opportunity for real transformation to happen for us. Yeah, it seems like we we experience that every time we are, well, especially with abuse, we we experience every time we're vulnerable or or honest about how we're feeling, that that's used against us. Yes, and we're yeah. saying let's maybe flip that to say that this is actually used for you. Mm. Yes. This isn't just like purging, but it's a process yeah. of learning to to reckon with what you've experienced it, that that is real and harmful and bad, and that by naming this, you might be moving out of that into something that actually frees other people up to yeah. meet you in reality too. Right. 
Right. It's not just for you. Yeah. I mean, like we, you know, one of our axioms is that whatever God does in us, he also does through us and Mm -hmm. whatever he does through us, he also does in us. And so there's Mm -hmm. this cohesive fabric that, you know, we actually participate in the salvation of the world when we, you know, care for ourselves, when we find healing, that kind of thing. It's not just for us as individuals, but it allows us to be a, a node or a, Mm. uh, a a conduit, if you will, of healing for other people. Like we can actually be that for other people if we can, if we can find it for ourselves, if we can lean into that for ourselves. Yeah. There's really no other way of doing that for others unless you yourself can encounter, you know, that, that healing love in your own life. Yeah. That, that axiom, the first time that I was uh, introduced to it, the sub axiom, like character, um, over competency that's mm-hmm. part of that process and you reproduce what you who you are mm-hmm. um, was very liberating in, in the sense that I would much rather be part of a, a church culture where everyone can be known for what actually is happening in their hearts and heads at that yeah. moment yeah. than that we perform um, yes. in the way that makes us seem accepted and improved yeah. And I think that, that that's part of the reflection from sharing is that I'm hearing from people that are saying, this is what I'm known for, but here's what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And me feeling like this overwhelming desire to say, I want you to be set free from that. I really mm-hmm. want to see like you feel that the things that you desire for your church can't actually happen while you're still like performing and not yeah. living. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, but, but more than that, like in this situation, it's like the things that, that God is trying to do through you and in you are being stifled by your fear. And that's, that's not the way of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> Other things we're learning, Gino or Christian Ben? Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm learning that um, I thought that I understood the value of presence, but I think I um, understand it a little more deeply, especially in a that. pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry? Say more about that. I'm, I'm yeah. curious to hear what you mean. I think that the, the, the inclination to listen to people and be with them while they're sharing things um, is most of the work. Hmm. And, and I think sometimes, sometimes there's a fear that we won't know what to say. Um, we, won't, we won't respond perfectly. But I think that as I reflect on my own story, it's, it's not a matter of, of all of those things. I don't necessarily want advice. I, I, I want to be heard. And I want to be told that, yeah, I'm, I'm listening. Can I care? And so being present with people as they share um, has been it's just been, it's, it's validated that thought for me that I think that's important, but now I know it's important mm-hmm. in deeper ways mm-hmm. of just being, being with people and being for them. And I still have uh, a few uh, Zoom calls to schedule with people and to work through. And, wow. and I think there's something to this. I think that, yeah. that if you're listening and you want to be heard, I think we'd like to figure out how we could listen better. Um, yeah. And for you, yeah. I know I would. I yeah. won't speak for everyone. I think you all yeah. would too. No, yeah, yes. I, I would too. You know what strikes me about that, Gino? I've been thinking about um, how so many things in the kingdom are 
They're both easy and hard. Mm-hmm. They're, they're hard in the sense that it, it goes against everything that we've, like everything our culture tells about what life is all about. And you know what I mean? Like it feels risky for all the reasons that, that I've, you know, that we've already talked about. It feels really risky to trust that the kingdom is a more firm reality than the stories that we tell ourselves about how I got to keep performing and I got to keep hustling and I got to keep, I got to make sure everybody thinks I'm awesome and smart or funny or whatever. Like all those yeah. stories, like, so it's hard in the sense that it really does demand that you trust that God is real yeah. and what Jesus says is true. But in the other sense, it's easy because like, it doesn't require any skill. You know what I mean? So I'm just struck by like listening, like mm-hmm. listening to people. I actually don't need much skill at all mm-hmm. to just shut up you know, for a couple seconds and, and just listen and like take in what you're saying and like, let it, let it land on me. Like children can do this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't take, like repentance is the same way. It's easy. Like all I have to do is like be willing to be wrong and say that you're wrong. Mm. It doesn't take any particular skill. You don't have to grow into it. Um, But when you, when you say that, I think the key is you're taking it in. Yeah. Right. So often people talk and it's just like, in one ear and out the other, and we're not mm. actually present with people. Yeah. Mm. And when we take it in, then it it often, at least for me, because I'm emotional, <laughs> it does something, right? I mm. mean, yeah. just the other day, I was talking to a woman who was sharing that it was the anniversary of a miscarriage that she had. Mm. And she had just kind of um, been at a place where she could share that with somebody, and I just happened to be mm-hmm. with her, and so she shared it, and she started crying. And I sat there and I started crying. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I took it in. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the, the pain and the grief that she was experiencing, I started to feel and just yeah. wanted to sit with her. Yeah. And I, I just a confession, I, I don't, I'm hurried. Like I am, <laughs> I live a hurried life. So when someone tells me something, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then I just move on. Right. Mm-hmm. But to really sit with someone, to yeah. really hear, yeah. to really listen is love, I think. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I think you've experienced. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the hard part, right? The hard part is like laying aside this agenda, all these are things that I have to do. Right. But like the easy part is all you have to do is, you know, like, listen, all you have to do is, okay. So I think the hard part is like mostly not doing what we have, have you know, compulsively convinced ourselves we need to do. <laughs> and the easy part is just, like letting this happen right now, you know, mm. so just listen. I, th- I, I think that I'm always convicted. I may have shared this in the past with you, but I'm always convicted by the unhurriedness of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find that to be like so unlike me and so challenging. And he's mm. going to heal the synagogue official's daughter. Yeah. And he stops because someone in a crowd touches his clothing and mm-hmm. He heals this woman when I, if I'm a disciple, I'm like, come on, let's get moving. What do you mean? Who touched you? Like right. there's a crowd of people. Right. Let's go. We've got, we've got things to do and people mm-hmm. to see and they're important and you have time for this. And, and um, I think that there is something, something to that of saying mm-hmm. that not just I'm going to be present, but I'm going to get involved in it. Like I'm going to be really yeah. present. I don't know even how else to say it other than I think we minimize what presence means by saying like, I'm showing up, but it's actually coming into this story and, yeah. and feeling those feelings and then seeing that with people. It's powerful. It's yeah. really powerful. <laughs> yeah.
Well, that's great. It is. I have thoughts in my head about the profound impact of empathy when someone has been, when someone has experienced abuse mm. and they, and they feel joined and connected with, by somebody else who, who, um, willingly enters into their pain with them. And I'm also in touch with how people like Frank and others seem to lack the fundamental ability to perceive how others perceive them and care yeah. about it and care about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just noticing that there is um, how important empathy maybe is in a therapeutic or uh, interpersonal sense, but then how I have other friends who who are more in activist, activistic work and they are very skeptical of empathy, mm-hmm. meaning empathy gets weaponized and used mm-hmm. like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, against people who are hurting. You just think about how hard it, just think about how hard it is for this person and and if if you if you really knew how hard it was for them you wouldn't be so hard on them for hurting you that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um I don't know, I'm thinking about that as you guys chat. I'm also thinking about you mentioned you mentioned maybe maybe we can close with this Gino since we're kind of getting along here. Yeah. You mentioned having thoughts about reaching out to Frank yeah. Hey Frank, I'm telling your I'm telling our story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, if they decide to put it on a LP, you want to sign it with me? You know, those <laughs> kinds of those kinds of conversations can be difficult. And I want to ask you, did you reach out to Frank? And if you didn't, why not? Um, yeah, I I haven't. Um, and why not? Because I'm the the, the most transparent answer is I'm not sure about my motivation yet. Yeah. 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 Good. Like, yeah, you mean you might have a, um, a, a, a motivation that's untoward. Yes. I mean the, the, um, the balance of power is shifting in the truth of his story, you know, in the sense of who's believing that and who's behind it over the years those those people you know what i didn't share one of the other things i didn't share is when i when i moved back to philadelphia most of the people that were had turned against us came back and asked for forgiveness Hmm. you know and said that they had had the same experience after or they were wrong and they they Hmm. heard us Hmm. they heard different narratives i mean it was it was literally like seven to ten people that we, we mm. were reconciled with in the course of two weeks moving back to Philly about wow. six years ago. Wow. And after, you know, a couple of years of just silence. So I think that there isn't the support there. And then I'm thinking like, are my motivations on to see, <laughs> you know, the truth came out mm. or is it, hey, I think now is really a good time for you to reconsider and yeah. us to be reconciled. Yeah. The the reason I ask about that is because I think that often people who've experienced maybe abuse with power differentials, spouses or people who work at churches or kids with their parents, etc., they're um, often in a very unhelpful way. Matthew 18 is held over their heads. Oh, man, yeah. Oof. And so I want to be clear. And I didn't hear you say this, but I, I don't. we don't control how people hear things. But I want to be clear yes. that, that Gino... Gino and I and Christy and Ben, we are not holding Matthew 18 over your heads here. 
And I, yeah. and I would just caution um, any move towards somebody who's hurt you. Uh, I would just caution doing that without bringing in people who are as powerful or more so than they are. Um, don't put yourself back in an environment and in a relationship where abuse and trauma has happened by yourself. That's not Matthew 18. Yes. Yes. That's not Matthew 18. Um, And I just want to, I know some of our, that's been used to gaslight us or to, as as a lever to get us to actually go against our conscience. Like we, we willingly put ourselves in harm's way because we think we're obeying scripture. Mm -hmm. And I want to just release the listener from that. And to say it's usually way more complicated in these situations than than Matthew eighteen applies to. Yeah. Yes. yes thank you That's for saying that. That is a really good word. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Matt, there's so much that Matthew eighteen implies or assumes, right? That this is a brother. That there's you know like, there's and, and that there's some sort of there's some sort of elders that you can talk to, right? There's, there's some authority that you all agree that you're under, you know what I mean? Like in so many of those, these situations, none of those things are present. There's already a power differential between the people and there's no authority to appeal to, you know what I mean? And so, um, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's tenuous to apply Matthew 18 in a flat way in these kinds of situations. Yeah. So, Mm. Yep. For sure. Gino, can you just tell us that people want to share their story mm-hmm. and you've heard their story. Yeah. So give us some hope. What are you hoping um, yeah. that our communities can be like? It's mm. a great question. Well, one thing is I hope that we can, we can continue to have opportunities to hear from people. If you're listening to this podcast, I know that earlier I kind of shared my response or reaction in my unpreparedness to hear the stories. That's not to be confused with my unwillingness, with being unwilling to hear stories. I want to hear (laughs) stories and I want to hear from people. I want to sit with people and be present. And I'd love to create spaces where maybe we could share our stories, those who are listening in. I'd I'd call it like a brave space. I'm not sure there's such a thing as safe space, but we can be brave together Mm -hmm. and see what could be, what could transpire. Hmm. I'm really struck by the, the need for good news. It's kind of my wiring that I like. I want to move to the the fun, the joy, the 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 happiness in that, but not in a not in like some um, shallow therapeutic sense. I really mm-hmm. want to hear and hear what is operate. What are the stories that we're telling ourselves yeah. so that we can speak good news to that? Because I do think that there's hope. I do think mm-hmm. there's hope for the church and for people, but it requires us to be um, in that space together to move to that. And, and I think mm-hmm. that the, la- and the last thing I'd say is that the good news is proclaimed. And sometimes it's not sufficient for our bad news to just say it to ourselves over and over again. We need yes. to hear someone say it. We're yes. meant for community. And so I'd like to see us create that space. I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure what it looks like, yeah. but I'd be willing to um, pursue that with others. I love that, awesome. Gino. Brave space, that's good. It's good for, for, for our listeners to be able to reach out and, and have that with you. But also, mm-hmm. I think you're, I'm hearing you say to do that within our own communities. Be a brave space for the people yes. around you. Yeah. Um, it's good. Yes. Gino, do you want people to email you? 
Uh, yes. What's the best way to get in touch? Yeah. Yeah, please email me if there's interest. We'll set something up for sure. All right. It's Gino at gravityleadership.com. And uh, we'll see what kind of brave space we can create. I'm excited about uh, all of that. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm thankful uh, for you, Gino. I'm thankful for your, your bravery um, mm-hmm. of kind of turning Gravity Leadership podcast into a brave space um, for you telling your story and um, all the goodness that ha- that has opened up for people, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's maybe difficult. Um, for, it has been for you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it has been for those who've um, mm. had to relive memories and, and yeah. think about you know trauma that's still embedded in their bodies. But this is really good work, and uh, I'm grateful um, for yes. your testimony that has opened this up. Thank you. All right. Well, email Gino if, uh, if you want to find out what this brave space could look like or if you just want to talk you just want to share your story with them thanks for being open to do that thanks Thanks, Gino Gino. thank you all right we'll see you guys next time peace thanks for joining us for this episode of the gravity leadership podcast our show is produced by Ben Sternke Matt Tebby and Ben Hardman Aaron Sternke does our mixing and mastering You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. If you find our podcast helpful, share it with your friends in person and on social media. And don't forget to rate and review us online as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, make a comment, send us an idea, a recommendation, recipe, whatever. You can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time.